Welcome to this edition of PowerPoint with Jack Graham. A little later in the program, we'll tell you how you can get a copy of Dr. Graham's new book, The Essential Gospel. But first, here's the message, Right or Wrong? The 14th chapter of this book of Romans is very important. Uh, because it has to do with decisions we make, discernments by which we live our lives. And so, the question of right or wrong, you're going to find yourself, all of us, with more freedom than ever before. We are free in Christ. You shall know the truth, the truth shall set you free. But our freedom in Christ is a freedom to live fully for Christ, no longer under the power and dominion of sin, our old life, but now we live in this brand new life and liberty that is in Christ. So, how are we uh, to do this? Let's begin reading in verse 13, chapter 14 of Romans, therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother, or as implied, a sister, a Christian. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. That but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. This is a matter of conscience and religious training and tradition. Verse 15, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. And that word destroyed there is a vivid word. It means to crush your brother. Don't crush your brother by the things you choose to do in your life. For if a brother is grieved by what you do, you're no longer walking in love, but what you do do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let, this is verse 16, what you regard as good to be spoken of as evil. Here's a key verse, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, that is these external things, but the eternal things of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ, serves Christ how? In righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, is acceptable to God and approved by men. We serve for an audience of one, the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself. So then, in living our lives, making our decisions, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. I am to be building people up, not tearing them down, not crushing people, but loving people. Do not, verse 20, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God which is the work of Christ and His church. Everything is indeed clean, but it it is wrong for anyone to make another one stumble by what he eats. It is not good to eat meat or drink wine or do anything. Circle that word. Anything. Whether it is the media I use, the entertainment I choose, what I put in my mind, what I put into my heart, is whether it has to do with fashion, style of clothes, 
whether it has to do with uh, the kind of worship I like, all of these things that are not matters of sinful behavior, but questionable issues in our lives, things that are not black and white. Now, we have liberty in Christ, and therefore we have unity. A great Christian of yesteryear put it this way, and if we could live uh, by these words, we would find uh, great peace and productivity in our lives. He said, in unity, or rather in, um, in essentials, in essentials, unity. So all the essentials of the faith, the doctrinal truth essentials, our core beliefs, these are not up for discussion or debate on the deity of Christ, the authority of Scripture, the Trinity, expression of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, salvation by grace alone through faith alone, and many others. These are core uh, convictions and not only do we have core convictions, we then, therefore, because we believe we have core values, our belief leads to our behavior, how we choose to live our lives. And so, uh, we are in all these things uh, that are essential to seek unity, because the devil would love to divide and destroy a church and his people with non-essentials and preferences and opinions and things that aren't core to our convictions and our commitments to Christ. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. Liberty, freedom to make decisions based upon your own conscience and your own understanding of God's Word. Not outside of Scripture, but in concert with Scripture. Liberty. And in all things, charity which is a word, of course, for love. And if we could live like this in, in, in essentials, unity, and non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity, then we would put aside our petty preferences and our political opinions and all the rest that seem to divide us these days, and we would stop judging one another on matters of uh, personal conscience and personal religious experience whether these are doubtful things. In that day, it was diets and, and, and days of festivals and feasts and all these religious observances. Uh, but today, these other issues that may divide us, things that are not sinful, but may be questionable. Now, remember, we're not talking about matters of sin and obedience to God here. God has given us the Ten Commandments. He has not repealed His moral law. It is still wrong to kill and steal and, and to lie and to covet and to commit adultery and, 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 and to worship idols and to dishonor your parents. We're to honor our parents. And so the Ten Commandments are not obsolete. They are absolute for our lives. The moral law of God is not in question here in the decisions we make. This is not a question of is abortion right or wrong? Clearly. The Scripture teaches that life is sacred in the womb, and to take life in the womb takes a human life. I mean, that is not a gray issue if you know your Bible. That's a black and white, it's a clear issue. And matters of morality and immorality, all of these things. So hear me clearly, when we talk about 
decisions that we make regarding our behavior, some of the things we choose to do. Again, I just, I'll refer to the, the entertainment we choose, the, the movies we watch, the, uh, the, what we eat, what we drink, all these kinds of things that are more disputable and debatable. Here's how we need to bring these together, because you can grow up in one of two ways in a church. The, you, 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 there, there are some people that are extreme in regulations and rules and restrictions. I know some of you may have grown up in a church that worried about how long your hair was, whether you had facial hair or not, whether you went to uh, school dances or didn't. I know this sounds like the dinosaur era to some of you down here, but it, it, is, it is in fact that some of us grew up in, in very restrictive environments and religious environments and, and, and rituals and, and all the rest that, that uh, became, we call this legalism. That's legalism, which is living on the list, and typically it's human traditions and personal beliefs and preferences rather than God's Word. And so, you, you, you can grow up in, around a, a legalism, which is a substitute for the gospel of Christ. Again, Christ sets us free from, from, uh, from the law in the sense that we are not saved by keeping the law of God. We're saved by the blood of Christ and what Christ has done for us. But, you know, some people just grew up living on the list. That's legalism. But the extreme of that is license. And license is thinking that I can choose to do anything that I want to do because I am a Christian. I am in Christ. And so, I can choose to do whatever I want to do, and it doesn't matter. And typically, people like this who practice this are self-centered and often self-righteous. And I don't want to be, and that's liberalism, I don't want to be in a legalistic church. I don't want to be in a liberal church. I want to be in the Lord's church. I want to be in God's church where the Word of God is taught, and we make decisions based upon truth, not trends or traditions. So, freedom in Christ is the willingness to lay down personal rights in behalf of others. The first principle that I'm giving you right now regarding whether it is right or is wrong is to live in this liberty that doesn't put each other down because of what you believe or judge one another on your personal preferences. But William Barclay, a Bible commentator, said a new age would come down to the church if we remembered that our rights are far less important than our obligations. Paul said in Romans 12, 18, as much as is possible, live in peace with all men. So I am just saying in the first part of this message that we are to live in this liberty and make decisions based upon our liberty in Christ. You're listening to PowerPoint with Jack Graham and today's message, right or wrong? Our world needs revival. And if that's going to happen, it has to take place in Christians first. That can only happen through the recovery and rediscovery of our passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we want to send you a copy of Pastor Graham's new book, The Essential Gospel, which goes to the very heart of the good news our world so desperately needs to hear. The Essential Gospel is our special thanks for your gift to PowerPoint. This is the last week of this offer, so call today. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. You can also text the word ESSENTIAL 
to 59789. And don't forget to visit jackgraham.org where you can shop our e-store, give a gift online, or sign up for Dr. Graham's free daily email devotional. Our website again is jackgraham.org. Now let's get back to today's message, Right or Wrong? Secondly, there is the principle of lordship. Go back to verses uh, 7 through 12 in this passage. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. So why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? That's a very strong word there. Just parenthetically, despise your brother. Have disdain. Look down upon them. Did you know the first sign for a marriage that is going under that will end up in divorce? I can guarantee you the first thing that happens in a marriage that goes south, blows up the home and the family, the first sign is disdain for the other person. If there's disrespect, disdain, you know, the rolling of the eyes, that's a sure sign that your marriage is in trouble. So he's using a word like that. Don't disdain, don't despise your brother. For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. Now this is not talking about the judgment of the world and the judgment of the sinner lost before God. That's what is called in the Bible the great white throne judgment. You don't want to be at that judgment. But you will be at the judgment seat of Christ as a Christian, not to be judged for your sins. Your sins were judged at the cross. There is now in Christ no condemnation. So we're not judged at this judgment seat of Christ for or because of our sins. But rather, this is a judgment of evaluation and rewards of service and sonship in Christ. Jesus said, I'm coming and my reward is with me. Paul referred to this same judgment in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 as building your life on the foundation of Christ, not with, not with wood, hay, and rubble, but with gold, silver, and precious stone, that which lasts. And because when the heat gets turned up at this judgment, it's a, it's a, a illustrative thing of, of just turning on the heat on, on our lives and on our works, and everything that was not done for Christ will not last. And some are going to have nothing but the wasted embers and the burned embers of a wasted life to place in the hands, the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. Don't waste your life. Don't waste a second of it, because it matters now and it matters then. Jesus said some will suffer loss on that day. I I can't imagine what that life or that loss will be in heaven, but it will be a loss, certainly a loss of reward. So we live our lives, as I said, for an audience of one, because one day we're going to stand before God and we will be judged not by someone else's behavior. Not how someone else preferred to worship. You're going to be asked about your life. You're going to be giving 
uh, a report on your life. So Paul is saying here, stay out of everybody else's business and take care of your own business because we're all going to stand before this judgment seat of Christ. And therefore, we ought to live under this lordship. Every dispute that we have regarding whether it's a dispute with one another on matters of questionable, questionable things, politics, that's another one. So, if we could get everyone, all of us, under the authority of the Lordship, submitted to the Lordship of Christ, so many of these petty things and preferential things would disappear because of the Lordship of Christ. What am I saying? I'm saying you have one person to please, so run your own race. Discipline and devote yourself to Christ. Make decisions that honor God and godliness and pursue Him. Like Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, but pursue righteousness and godliness and love and faith and steadfastness and kindness. Pursue these things. Seek the reward of Christ. Run in the victory that you have in Christ. And therefore, you don't worry so much about everybody, what everybody else is saying. Whether they mock you or criticize you, you do what God has called you to do and do it well and do it all the days of your life. Just live with your eyes on the Lord and your knees on the floor and your nose in the book. That's the Lordship of Christ. And I've made some decisions as a person, as a personal choice, a Christian, and I've made decisions as a pastor. Things I choose to do and things I choose not to do based on my accountability before God and before people. And so, there's some things that I might could do if I wanted to do them that I don't do because I'm laying aside some rights to take up some obligations and responsibilities. And let me just tell you this, there's not one thing I've ever given up for Christ that He has not paid back full force. Nothing compared that I've laid down for the Lord is compared to the joy of serving Him and living for Him. I promise you that. So again, what is the kingdom of God? It's not eating. It's not drinking. It's not all these external things, extraneous things. But rather it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so that brings me to the final principle. If there's the principle of liberty and there's the principle of lordship, there's a principle above all of love. Uh, look at verse 13 again. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. As I don't want to be an obstacle, a hindrance to someone else. And here, quick reference, he's talking about weaker brothers as compared to stronger brothers. I don't want to put an obstacle in the front of, of a weaker brother who could stumble or fail or fall because of my actions or my choices. He repeats this down in verse 19. He says, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Is what I'm doing constructive and helpful and productive in building people up or is it destructive? in tearing people down. Again, same subject, verse 21, it is good not to eat meat or drink wine 
or do anything, anything that causes your brother to stumble. So as Christians, we make choices and decisions based on love, our love for God and our love for people. You say, well, I have my rights, I have my liberties to do what I want to do. Love trumps liberty every single time, every single time. And so I don't want something that I do in my life to cause someone else to stumble in their faith. So here's some questions you might ask yourself. Is this thing that I'm about to do, will it be habit for me? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, I will not be enslaved or controlled by anything. If anything is potentially addictive or controlling in my life, I want to stay away from it. I don't want to take a risk of letting something form my life. You know, they say regarding alcohol, first a man takes the drink and then the drink takes the man. And I've seen that many, many times, of course. So will it be habit forming? And you say, well, I I don't know if it will or not. Check it out. Be wise. Will it build up or tear down? That's something else. In other words, is this thing that I'm doing, as I said just a moment ago, is it helping people in their walk? Because the Bible says, all things are lawful to me, but not everything is profitable. That's, again, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. So is it constructive? Is it helpful? Is it profitable what I am doing? writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 12 talked about running this race of life, and he says, get rid of anything that would slow you down, that would entangle you, because you wouldn't run a race wearing a, you know, a football gear. You would, you would get down to, to track gear, to run the race, because you want nothing hindering you. And so, that's the idea here, that you want to get rid of anything in your life that will, will hold you back or tear you down or tear somebody else down. So, is it, is it expedient? And then, I ask myself, will it lead to excess? Uh, Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine, which is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then will it offend a weaker brother? Will it lift people up or tear people down? Will it harm my testimony? Will somebody look at my actions and think less of my Jesus because of me and something I'm doing? And then, am I certain? Here's kind of the bottom line. Am I certain? Am I clear that what I'm about to do is right? You do have a conscience. And if your conscience is informed by the Word of God, the Scriptures, if your conscience is enlightened uh, by the Spirit of God, then your conscience can help in guiding you. And so, if it's a doubtful thing, maybe it's a disputable thing, even among Christians, whether this thing is right or whether this thing is wrong, ask yourself, is this thing truly right for me to do? Look at verse 23, for whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So if I cannot do this in good conscience and in faith, if I cannot ask the blessing of God upon it, if I can't Uh, say, Lord, what would you do? I grew up with that question as a teenager. What would Jesus do? It's a good question. You say, well, I don't know. Read your Bible. 
You say, well, I can't do what Jesus did. You have His Spirit in you. Yes, you can. So, sincerely ask yourself regarding any decision you're making, could, could Jesus go with me here? Would Jesus join me in this activity? Can I do this by faith? Can I, can I really pray about it and then do it? These are simple questions really, aren't they? But I remind you of these because it's so important that you make these decisions that honor God with your life. What a beautiful bride the church would be if we all lived by this in the love of Christ and loving one another. You're listening to PowerPoint with Jack Graham and today's message, Right or Wrong? With so much bad news in the world today, for many it's like the end of the age is just around the corner. So right now is the moment Christians must arise and show just how essential the gospel is to a lost and broken world. That's what prompted Pastor Graham to write a new book, The Essential Gospel, which goes to the very heart of the good news our world so desperately needs to hear. And we'd love to get a copy of this powerful new resource into your hands. The Essential Gospel is our thanks for your gift today to help boldly proclaim the truth of the gospel and the hope it brings to more people around the world. So call now to request your copy of The Essential Gospel when you give. This is the last week of this offer, so call today. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. You can also text the word ESSENTIAL to 59789. And don't forget to visit jackgraham.org where you can shop our e-store, give a gift online, or sign up for Dr. Graham's free daily email devotional. Our website again is jackgraham.org. Pastor, what is your PowerPoint for today? None of us can just breeze through life and expect a great reward when we get to heaven. Our works don't get us to heaven. We're not saved by our good works, but the Bible tells us that our works follow us to heaven, and there is a reward for faithfully following Christ. It takes daily dedication and hard work to accomplish what God wants for your life. But here's the best part. You don't do this alone. You have the finest personal trainer in the world. The power of the Holy Spirit will enable you to reach the goals that Christ has given you, and you will receive a reward when you get to heaven. And not only that, but every one of us, every one of us can win the prize of heaven, heaven's Heisman. There's no silver or bronze medal in heaven. There is only gold. So today I want to encourage you, strive for the prize. Live your life full out for God. You can be a celebrated winner in life when you give your life to follow Christ and faithfully pursue His goals for your life, knowing that the Holy Spirit will empower you every step of the way. When you do, rest assured you can count on it. There is a heavenly reward waiting for you. And that is today's PowerPoint. Remember, when you give a gift to PowerPoint, we'll send you Dr. Graham's new book, The Essential Gospel, as our thanks. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. You can also text the word ESSENTIAL to 59789. On the next PowerPoint, Dr. Graham brings a message about how you can make a difference in your world for Christ. That's next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. 
PowerPoint with Jack Graham is sponsored by PowerPoint Ministries.